Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about sensory avoiders. I already have a podcast on sensory seekers, and I hope that that was so incredibly helpful to you. But today, I want to do the opposite, which is sensory avoiding. Yeah, so I'm going to explain to you what it looks like, why it happens, what my clients look like if they are the avoiders. I'll give you tons of examples from my own clients as well as my own life, et cetera, et cetera, and how to support your brain. Yeah. So if you are like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a seeker, still listen to this because maybe your partner is an avoider. Maybe one of your kids is an avoider. Maybe you have a little bit of both, which for sure happens. Yeah. We can be both avoiding and seeking. And I promise you, I'm going to do a podcast on that of understanding, like, how the heck can we be both? What do you mean? So for the benefit of today, it's just going to be about avoiding. So let's hop right in, okay? So what is a sensory avoider? I get this a lot with a lot of my parents in terms of, oh my God, that's me. Like, I can't handle the, the kids crying or I can't handle this or I can't handle that. Like, and then I snap. Yeah. Like that's for sure some avoiding. Okay. So what it means to be a true sensory avoider is that you experience sensory stimuli or input, right? The input into your brain, your body, your eyes, your ears, like all the different things. Yeah. More intensely than the average human, which means you then avoid it because it's so overwhelming. Okay. So something that may not be that loud seems excruciatingly, miserably loud to you. And so you want to run away because again, your brain thinks a bear is chasing you. And adults with sensory avoiding tendencies may seem shy or introverted and not just adults children as well. Okay. These children specifically, if we're talking about children for a second, they fly under the radar at school. They're the ones who will sit and attend for a really long time or play with one thing for a really long time. And they seem like they're the kiddos who can just focus and attend and have no quote behavioral issues. Yet sometimes these children need a little bit of a boost to get their engine running to like rise to the occasion. Yeah. So think of that introverted or shyness of like, this feels really scary to me, whether you're an adult or a child. Sometimes think of if you're about to give like a, a speech or a toast or 
you are going on an interview, right? Like you kind of have to like rev your engine a little bit, like, okay. And you can feel that anxiety or that, that stress that's building. And then all of a sudden you use that rumbling inside your body to your advantage to show up to the challenge of whatever you're about to do, present, do the toast or whatever it is. Yeah. So sometimes if we are more avoiders, we tend to need a little bit more to boost us up. Yeah. If we need to go rise to the occasion. So let me give you some signs. Okay. Some signs of what it means to be a sensory avoider. So you crave calm, quiet, peaceful environments. You are for sure upset by unexpected touch. Yeah. You're not the one that wants to snuggle all night with your honey. Like you're not. You're like, don't touch me. Like back off. Okay. You sometimes have difficulty adjusting or tolerating being in a loud, crowded environment. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're an avoider, but you're like, I don't understand. I really like going to music or performances or seeing bands. Sure, but you're making the conscious choice to do it and you're setting your brain up to know what's expected. Yeah. So if you're an introvert, shy, or you have some sensory avoiding tendencies, that doesn't mean that this doesn't make sense, even if you enjoy going to bands. Yeah. So a lot of my kids I see this with, they'll cover their ears with vacuums or flushing toilets in public. Yeah. Like, or the, the hand dryer. So often we see those hand dryers more than the paper itself now, and those are scary to kids. For the avoider, you avoid certain types of clothing. It's a big one with kids and a lot of disgruntled parents because they're like, I don't understand. Like, why can't they just put the clothes on? Like, why can't they just put them on? A lot of times they will pull away from physical touch or you as an adult. Picky eating. You maybe prefer more bland foods. Maybe your child prefers more bland foods. You startle easily with sounds or bright lights. You zone out on your phone to escape the chaos maybe. And you for sure need the house to be clean and in order. Why? Because it gives your brain peace. Okay. So why? Like, why are you a sensory avoider? Well, every time I start with a client, a brand new client, even my moms in Thrive Like a Mother, I see so much shame and guilt within who they are as humans. Like I literally, no joke, I literally just wrapped a call with a brand new client and she is an avoider. Okay. That is just how her engine runs. And we talked through it and I heard lots and lots and lots of shame and guilt of how she wishes she could show up or could do the thing or how she snaps or this or that. And while when I work with clients, I work with them for many months and I said, you know, we have a lot of time to go through this. We have a lot of time to work on this. But I did point out the moments where she was shaming herself because until you understand this information, you just think that you're broken. And I very much thought I was broken. Now, when I went through the Sensory Seeking podcast, I very much said, I'm a gas pedal. I'm a gas pedal. I'm totally a gas pedal. Yeah. Like I'm a seeker. And the reason that seekers, okay, hear what I'm saying. I'm talking about seeking for a second. The reason that seekers get dysregulated is because we don't know how to step off the gas. And so we just keep going and 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 going. And your brain and body's like, uh, this isn't good. Like I'm going to derail any minute. Yeah. Now let's sit 
in the avoider seat for a second. Yeah. You don't need that much stimuli. If you're an avoider, I would say you're almost, you not almost, like you're, you are, okay? You're, you're a gas break. You're a break for that gas. Yeah. So, and remember how I said sometimes we need to rev that engine? So if you're more on the avoider side, you crave quiet and peace and all the things, you don't need to rev that engine. But like, okay, cool, Dr. B. So like, why do I still get dysregulated? If like, I know what I need and I like peace and calm and all the different things. Well, that's simply because you don't need the stimuli, yet it's all around you. I don't care if you're a parent or not. Now, if you're a parent, it's, 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 a, it's a whole different ballgame, right? But if you're listening to this and you're not a parent, just the world in general is so overstimulating. I've talked a lot about screens in our faces. Yeah. Like that visual stimulation will rev your engine and you are becoming dysregulated as an avoider because there is so much stimuli around her, around you, excuse me, that you cannot avoid all the time. Yeah. It is not your fault. It is not your fault. I now want to go into two different ways that I see this, that I see avoiders and how they are showing up. Because it's super important for you to be like, I think I'm an avoider, or I think I'm a, a seeker, I think I'm this, I think I'm that. But like, I want to give you tangible examples of what it means or what it looks like and the trends and patterns that I see within my clients and, and family lives and honestly, the world and how we function. Okay. So, if you're an avoider and you have kiddos and you're working or not working, either one, and you have a partnership and there's so much stimuli and chaos around you, your brain and body is going to want to protect you from all that stimuli because your brain and body thinks that there is a threat. It thinks that there's a threat and so you're going to snap or you're going to want to run away from the bear or maybe you get frustrated and angry and you lose it and you're so angry or you feel such guilt for losing it at your children, your partnership, or, or, or your family members, or your loved ones, or maybe your boss, or who knows what, right? Like, but you do, you, it's like you're holding on, you're holding on, you're holding on for dear life. Like you're just going to, got to make it through, got to make it through, got to make it through. I can't make it through anymore. I'm about to lose my mind. Boom. It's like a volcano erupts within your system. And that is literally you trying your brain, your amygdala trying to get safe. It's doing its job. What's happening in the process is you're producing an immense amount of guilt and shame because that's the behaviors that are showing up. So if you are a stay-at-home parent and you've done a million different things on your to-do list for the day, and you're an avoider, by the way, right? You're trying to figure out what's for dinner. You hate going to the grocery store with the kids. You got to run to the grocery store. Then you get them home. They're playing with the toys in the background. The sound of the TV is on, which you're an avoider. So like you may not need that sound of the TV. And then you're plus adding the kids or the whining or the bickering or the sibling rivalry or the toys, like the Nintendo, I don't know, like all of it, right? And then you snap. And then you guilt and shame yourself all night long because I should have done better. I can do better. I must do better. This is me. I need to be fixed. I'm broken. Why can't I hold it together for one day? I need you to know that's your brain makeup. It's not that you're broken. It's not that you need to be fixed. It is not that you are doing this on purpose. Like this is your brain makeup and it's your brain's way of saying, alert, alert, you're not doing so well. We, we need to check in on the engine. 
you're about to break down on the side of the road and need to call AAA. And I will say this till I'm blue in the face, no shame and guilt is ever healthy for your brain. We may think it is, but it's not. Because we think if we tell ourselves, perfect example, if we tell ourselves, I'm just fat. I'm fat. I got to lose weight. Like, oh, I'm so gross. Oh, that person's so much prettier than me. Like, oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. It, you think that it'll push you to work harder and you may work harder, but you're building that pattern and creating that pattern that you'll never be good enough. So if that's the cycle for you as a parent that you're holding it together and then you snap and you lose it and then you feel guilt and shame and then you completely rip yourself apart that night, you tell your kids, I shouldn't have done that. Mommy shouldn't have done that. Daddy shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry. I, I, I like shouldn't have, shouldn't have, shouldn't have, right? Like it's just setting you up to continue creating the pattern that you're the one that's broken rather than saying, this is just what my brain and body needs. Now, can we always fix the amount of noise in the room with our kids? Can we always fix how much peace and quiet we get? Can we fix how loud it is in a crowded environment or our work environment? All, like Sometimes we can't externally fix those things. But what we can do is internally learn to rewire that brain to have more capacity for the stimuli around us. And that's where healing your nervous system comes into play, where we functionally work on it together through experience, through life, so that we can say, oh, okay, my brain, got it. That just happened. I'm not in danger. I'm going to take some breaths. We're going to do some things. What do I need? Like, we're going to move through the steps and process to support the brain. And very slowly, you will begin to have more capacity, as well as tons and tons of tools to be able to support that avoiding brain. Now, that's one realm of how I see my clients, like the snappers and the frustration and the, and the anger and the guilt and shame and all the different things. I have another form or pattern that I see with avoiders. This one is completely different, but I was going to say heartbreaking, but I think that word is coming up for me simply because I relate to this form of behaviors from a human because I do believe that this was Jonathan. And that's why it's so dangerous to get into this pattern. So if you're an avoider and you don't need as much stimuli, maybe you're, you are the shy, introverted human, but you see the rest of the world going after life. You see the rest of the world parting it up, going out every weekend, doing all the different things, pushing themselves to the limits, you know, working super, super late nights, making a bazillion bucks a year, going after it, never can stop. Like, yeah. And so what happens to these particular individuals that I work with is comparison. And these humans compare themselves so much that they become so self-critical of, I should be able to do that. Like, I should be able to socialize and, and go out on the weekends. And I should enjoy these parties that, you know, the neighborhood's throwing with the kids. Or I should enjoy this. or I should enjoy that. Or I should be able to push myself to the limits with work or all the different things. And then what happens? Guilt to the point of anxiety and depression. And think of it this way. If your brain and body doesn't need or want all that, but you're literally pushing it to the absolute limits to try and keep up with the rest of the world, that's complete opposite of what your brain and body wants, needs, or how it functions. 
Now let's throw in the mix that majority of the world doesn't understand this, doesn't even understand or have the awareness of how their individual body ticks. So then again, they just think it's them. And when I did the podcast on Jonathan, the second one about Jonathan, not my first grief story, but my second one, I explained that the demand was much higher than what his brain and body wanted. And I did this particular podcast right after Twitch had committed suicide. And if you look at someone like Twitch, who was a public figure, right? You didn't know Jonathan, so it's easier for me to use that example. He looked on the outside like he was baller happy, like living it up, like won the lottery. Like it is so incredibly hard to make it in the dance world. So he did, like he did it. He, he, he did it to the nth degree, like he did it, right? And so we think, oh man, like gosh, I wish I could be, oh God, look at him. But it shows the juxtaposition of how different internally his body and brain function and how and what he wanted. Jonathan, and I said this in other podcasts, Jonathan was number one in his company the year that he died. He was number one in his company really every year since he started at that company. He was rookie of the year the first year he was there and he kept going. And if you're a seeker, your body and brain may go because it does have the capacity to go until you can't go anymore. And then you crash and burn. Yeah. And then you support your brain and body. But if you're an avoider, your brain and body doesn't want that from the beginning. It doesn't want to push and go. It wants to seek serene calm. And it's such a polarity of, I need to function this way. I should function this way. Others are functioning this way in the world. I'm just clearly broken. Like, why can't I? And so again, it invokes tons of shame and guilt. But for Jonathan, if you look at the vast polarity of how he functioned versus what his body and brain really craved, he did it till he literally could not do it any longer to the point where he didn't make it. And I've had clients who have come to me who are avoiders and shared this same exact story of I'm pushing so hard, I'm functioning in the world, I'm the breadwinner, or, or I, I need to do X, Y, Z, and my kids are, you know, they're so loud, and this and that, and like, they don't even maybe even know how to express that yet. And when I have them do the sensory profile, and we look at it, and I'm like, I need you to know that like, this is okay for your brain to function this way. You, you just need more peace and quiet. You just need rest. You just, that's what your brain and body wants. And so what I, I need to do is help you understand that you're not broken. I need to help teach your brain and repattern and rewire your brain into getting what it needs out of life and supporting that brain, your particular brain or your children's brain. Think of it this way, okay? I hope this hits home with you. Let's say you are from a big sports family. Like everyone played football. Like we all did it. Everyone, right? And so it's like, okay, well, little Johnny's going to play football too. Like we all did it. So, so little Johnny's going to do it. Here we go, Johnny. Come on. You're three years old. Let's go. A lot of times we push our children to do things based on even the patterns of our, our history, of our family history, of our 
ancestors of like all the different things. But little Johnny may not want to do that. Little Johnny's brain and body may not function that way. And so understanding your children's makeup will help support them into the extracurriculars that will last them their entire lives because we are supporting the brain function in terms of what they're craving and what they're wanting. Let me give you an example. If you're a seeker, you may want to bang the heck out of drums. Just like go at it. Just like whack it out, right? Like that must be so phenomenal for your your nervous system and giving it pressure and, and the input it needs. If you are an avoider, you're not going to want to touch those drums with a 10-foot pole. You're just not. So maybe you crave drawing or pottery or maybe a little bit more calming sports, maybe golf. I don't know, maybe tennis, right? But that high impact of football, that boom, it's like banging drums. But we do these things, we put our children in these things and we groom them, let's say, right? Like we, we, here you go. Like your great grandfather did it. Your, your grandfather did it. I did it. And now you're going to do it. Right. And so if we can understand how your brain functions, how your children's brain functions and how to support that brain, that will lead to the most beneficial, healthy, joyful life you could ever imagine because you're supporting the brain in a way that suits your own individual brain. And so the next time you find yourself snapping at your kids or the next time you find yourself, if you're an avoider, if you're avoiding, like you don't like that your partner touches you and you're avoiding touch, or if you don't like scents or smells of candles and you're avoiding smell, if you don't like really strong food and you may recognize that you're a little kind of picky too, not just your kids, that doesn't mean that you're broken. It just means that that's how you function. If you don't like certain fabrics of your clothing or you can't stand for clothing to be too tight. I used to wear my clothing really, really tight, like jeans. And I believe it's because of the patterning that was created in my brain. First of all, tight clothing equals input into the body, which is a seeker, right? I seek more input into my body. Then let's add dancing into the mix where I was wearing spandex for a lot of my childhood. My body and brain patterned itself to continue that, of wanting that. And now that I've done the work on myself and done a lot of rewiring in every single sense of the form of different stimuli, I now wear a lot more looser clothing, a lot more comfortable clothing. And I'm like, oh my God, like, like, why? Like, I literally didn't even recognize it before I did this work. It was just how my brain and body functioned and patterned. Another one is the clothing that you're wearing, the colors. Do you just want calming colors? You might be avoiding lots of bright, bright colors. If you look around your house and you just want muted tones, maybe you're a little bit more of an avoider visually. Now what to do, right? Like, how? okay. I'm definitely an avoider. How do, how do we do this? How do we extend that capacity, increase that capacity that you are speaking of? How? Rewiring and healing your nervous system can be done on your own, but it's not easy. Why? Because you're fighting against so many patterns that have been created for decades. 
decades. Let that sink in like decades, right? Like you, hello, spandex. Like I was functioning like that for many, 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 many years, many years. And I've been doing this work on myself for about, gosh, five to six-ish. I think about, mm, yeah, probably about five. I'm still supporting my brain into healing. Things still come up for me that I continually support myself through and continue retraining my brain into different patterns or rewiring in a different way. Yeah. But I also had the knowledge of how to do this as well as I had mentors who supported me through this process. I find that we have learned as a society and culture to take on the world on our own of like, nope, I got this. I can do this. Right. I'm not good enough, but I can do this. Like I got this. And it's almost like we're going to prove it to ourselves that we can do it. It doesn't have to be me. It doesn't have to be my team. Find someone who understands this. Now, the problem with a lot of the nervous system healing that I see out there right now, fingers crossed it, it shifts, but a lot of the mindfulness work is being related to nervous system healing, right? Those two buzzwords are starting to come together. Mindfulness, nervous system healing, okay? I don't know about you. I don't have time to meditate. I don't know about you, but I don't have time to journal, I don't know about you, but my brain, yes, I'm a seeker, right? I function so fast that I don't want to journal. Like I don't, I like to go fast. So like I've said, the work of my life is learning how to step on the brake. And if you're an avoider, the work of your life would be to learn how to be okay with stepping on the gas without feeling like a bear is chasing you. But how to do that is so uncomfortable because you do feel like the bear is chasing you while you're doing it. I have felt many times like a bear is chasing me when I'm trying to slow down. I'm like, I don't know how to function this way. Like, I I don't know. This feels uncomfortable. This feels scary. But besides that, for parents, we are functioning at such a different state and level with so much stimuli around us and so much chaos to support our children and our brains and, and our children's brains and help them grow up to be successful humans and the meltdowns and tantrums and all the different things. Like, we have to learn how to do this in everyday life. We have to learn how to do this with the experiences within our world around us that are naturally there. If you start working with someone who's like, I need you to meditate for 15 minutes a day, and that is what it's going to get you to nervous system healing. You have time for that? And can you do that after you stop working with that human? You have to be able to learn how to do this in everyday life. And that's the difference. And learning how to do this in everyday life, supporting your brain on a consistent daily basis, moment by moment by moment, and then teaching your children how to do this and supporting them in that type of a parenting style. It takes time. It takes effort. So the first step you can take as an avoider is awareness. Awareness is key. Just start living life with awareness. Like if you take anything else from that this podcast, I'd, I'll be so thrilled. But take that awareness of like, oh, I see that's coming up. I see that's coming up. I see that's coming up. But take the awareness without the shame. If there's one phrase I can give you to support your brain into rewiring it, I feel angry right now. It's okay. I feel really angry right now. That's okay. I feel really exhausted right now. That's okay. I feel really annoyed right now. That's okay. I feel really happy right now. That's okay. Like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't tell you to say, that's wonderful, right? Like, just 
acceptance of where you're at, right? The awareness and then the acceptance to break, break the cycle of guilt and shame. The next steps that we're going to take are how do I support myself through that, right? And it's going to look differently for every single person. I get DMs all day long of like, but how, but now what do I do? How do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? It's extremely difficult for me to tell you how to do this because I don't know your individual nervous system makeup. Also, I don't know what will suit you best. You know, do I help my clients figure that out? A lot of my clients say, I have no idea what I need. I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how to support this anger. None. And that's what we work through. But taking the time to have the awareness and then begin the process of de-shaming your actions is first and foremost, number one. That's number one. And you will see how liberating that is for you. I want you to know that as a sensory avoider, you can increase your capacity for the stimuli around you. You are not broken. You don't need to be fixed. Yes, you can increase the capacity, but the belief that you're broken and need to be fixed, just like, just like, no, Mm -mm. no, 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 no. But so can your children. We can support them through that too. And what does it lead to? Mental health. All day long, mental health. To support your brain and your body exactly as it needs and to understand your brain and your body exactly as it is. And I hope that this helped. Get you one step closer to understanding how you individually function. So take care of yourself. And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.